Amen. This morning, uh, my message uh, is entitled Traveling, uh, Traveling God's Information Superhighway. You know, I always have to try and figure out a good title, but hopefully that's at least a little intriguing. Uh, but Traveling God's Information Superhighway, and it's, I'm continuing on meditation, uh, and what meditation is and what it is not. And last week I began and kind of talked about meditation. We got into it. Uh, but this morning as I was thinking about meditation again, let me ask you a question. So does anyone in here worry? Anybody worry? I know I do from time to time. Um, anybody worry? You know, Jesus tells us to not worry, right? I, you know, I was thinking about worry. Did anybody tell you or instruct you how to worry? Let's see, the seven steps of proper worrying. Well, first look at a terrible situation and then begin to think on that. You know, this is, we don't actually have to have instructions to worry. But what is worry? Worry is doing what? Is rehearsing in your mind possible outcomes of something bad in your life. And that you, you begin to just give yourself to this worry and it, it tries to sap your energy and, and gets you into fear and really occupies your mind, right? Well, don't we have something else that's actually a good thing in the kingdom of God that we rehearse and we walk through and we think of the good things that will happen as, as we trust and listen to the Lord? That's meditation. Yes. Yes. So now we're told when we worry, what are we supposed to do? It says be anxious for nothing or worry for nothing. But in all things with thanksgiving, make your supplications known unto God. So we know with, with worry we... We go to prayer with these things. We take our list to the Lord. But let me suggest to you that meditation actually preempts worry. Does that make sense? That if I'm giving myself to rehearsing the things of God and how good He is and the words that He has spoken to me, then it, it crowds out the worry. It's not me trying, oh, you, you know, and, and this, is, this is the worst thing. And then Paul talks about this in Romans. He says, you know, I wouldn't have known what the law was until I was told, told the law. I didn't know what sin was until I was told that you shouldn't lust. And then I realized that's going on in me. And so then I was trying not to lust. Don't lust, don't lust, don't lust. You know, it's really difficult to just not do something, right? That it's really difficult to just not worry. Oh, I shouldn't worry. Stop worrying. Come on, head. Turn around. It's not just about not doing something. It's about changing and shifting. It's about turning. It's about occupying ourselves with something greater. Isn't that right? That, unfortunately, from time to time, I do get into some worry. And... I was thinking about a time uh, when I was in high school. I think I was actually just getting out of high school. I went and worked with my dad at our cabin upstate New York. And it was a cabin on a lake, and the, the cabin was 
pretty old, and so it needed a lot of work. So I was up with my dad, and we were working at our cabin. And my dad just had gotten a new Ford F-150. And dad just loved his, his Ford, you know, and it was a great truck. And we were using this truck to get materials and then to, to take stuff to the dump. And so we were, we were using this truck quite a bit. And the driveway going into our cabin was, there was trees everywhere trying to get into this driveway to the cabin. And my dad wanted me to back the, the truck up so we could unload some stuff because he just kind of parked it out in just the, the outer edge of the driveway. He said, you know, Jim, come on and just back the truck up and I'm going to do this while you're doing that and so we can unload the truck once we get it over to the cabin. So I'm like, okay, Dad, fine. So I got in the truck. I'm pulling around and you had to pull up and over and around and there's trees right there. And I'm pulling around, I'm thinking I'm so great, and all of a sudden, you know, I, oh. So I look over, and sure enough, I cut, cut the wheel too sharp and bashed into the, the front of the truck. I'm like, oh. So I kind of pulled up and then kind of pulled it back and kind of got it out of there and pulled it over to the to the. Uh, uh, to the cabin. My dad comes out, oh, great, that's good. Okay, let's go. We got to get, get moving. And so he's like, let's, let's get this stuff out. We got a lot to do today. And so I just kind of sat there dumbfounded looking at my dad. <laughs> yep, yeah, we do. <laughs> and so we just start working. So we worked all day. I didn't say a single thing that day. <laughs> I went to bed. I was like, oh, this is just getting worse. Okay, so we load up the truck after we finished. We drove all the way. It was a four-hour trip from our cabin back to our house. We drive four hours back to our house. I still haven't said a single thing. He hasn't noticed. Uh, it, was, uh, it was on the weekend. So then we went to church then that Sunday. And still, I'm being convicted. I'm, I'm like, I don't know how to tell him. You know, I'm all worried. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be bad. And... I just couldn't say anything. So Sunday passes, we go into the week, then I, I don't see him, but you know, I kind of worked for my dad too some days during the week. And so I would see him, and I'm like, I'm going to tell him this time, I'm going to tell him. And nope, couldn't tell him. And I was just consumed with, with just, uh, you know, I'm just worried about it. just telling him, oh, what is he going to say now? And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Okay, two weeks later, My eyes are bloodshot. I can't sleep, you know, all these things. Two weeks later, my dad drives up. I'm, I'm working. Uh, my dad drives up, and he gets out of the truck. He's like, Jim, did you see what happened to the truck? I'm like, oh. <laughs> my dad's like, I was just downtown. And I saw this car, and it was driving really crazy, and I think it hit the truck, but it just took off. And, you know, inside of me is like, yes, I'm free! <laughs> but that, 
but that Jesus voice in there just was like, and you want another more weeks holding on to this? And, and dad kept going on about it. He was like, man, I just can't believe it. But the car was kind of low and, you know, the, that the, the paint would have scraped off. And so he's going into this whole thing. And I'm just kind of sitting there like looking at it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Finally, I just said, dad, it was me. He's like, what? You aren't even downtown today. What are you talking about? Oh, Dad. No, Dad. It was when we were at the cabin. I hit a tree. I didn't tell you because I didn't know what, what to say. You know, I was just trying to just regurgitate all over my dad. He was like, what are you talking about? You did this? I was like, yes, I did this. Two weeks ago? <laughs> yes, two weeks ago. <laughs> And he's like, and he just said, and he wasn't mad. And he's like, why didn't you tell me? You could have told me. And, and I was just, I felt so bad at that point. I was like, you're right. And, and he was like, why, why didn't you think that you could come to me? Well, let me just transfer all the way back into right now. Like a couple weeks ago, so I was driving along, and I was just getting a little, mm. You know, I was thinking about some things, and, you know, worry just hadn't completely come over me, completely, but I was starting to get that way, and I was like, I don't know what to, what to do about that, Lord, and I was kind of talking about things and just thinking about things, and the Lord said, stay in the love. Stay in the love. And all he, just that phrase all of a sudden brought peace to me. It's like... You don't have to do all these things to figure all these things out and act this way and do these other things. You just need, all I'm asking you is just to stay in love. Just stay in the love. And I think back on this with my dad. If I could have stayed in my dad's love, right? If I would have remembered to stay in that place, I would have been okay. I wouldn't have had to go through weeks of worry, nights of just staying up and considering how I'm going to say anything and I was, I was thinking of the prodigal son and the older brother. And I think that was the advice that we would give, the father would give to both of them. Stay in the love. Stay in my love. And that's what God is calling us to do. And it seems so simple, but it was so effective for me. And, and when I was getting into just more times where I was thinking about it or getting concerned about it, the Lord just reminded me, just stay in my love. Just stay in my love. And let me just give you one, little, one more little picture because I'm a granddad and I want to brag on my little granddaughter. I was working with Evelyn in our backyard. She's just turned two. And Evelyn was kind of playing and I was trying to do some other things too while I was playing and being with Evelyn. And I had this power tool that I turned on <laughs> while Evelyn, and she didn't realize... And I didn't tell her, which was not good. But I turned on the power, you know, and she's like, "Woo!" And so I realized that she got scared, and I turned it off immediately. And so she just comes running over to me and grabs hold. Uh, 
right? And she's like, this is a safe place. This is a safe place. And I, that's when I got the whole, God was like, here you go. Now get this picture. Now see this thing. And the Lord was saying, that's it. Stay in my love. Stay in that place and you're not fearful. You're not worried. You're not afraid. Just keep coming back to me. Keep coming back to me. And I think it's so right that when we, and certainly prayer and worship, we're coming back to the Lord. Let, let's put another tool in your belt. Get that tool right here. Meditation is a great way of doing this as well. Thinking about the goodness of God. Thinking about my Father who is the, the one who sets the table before me. My miraculous my miraculous God who wants to come in and, and help me in times of need, that this is who I meditate upon. David found himself doing this. And I want to look at these, a, a couple of Psalms, uh, just that David just, just talks about this and such puts great picture and words to it. Uh, but King David certainly struggled with worry and anxiety and being fearful And, well, obviously he was because people were literally trying to kill him, right? My enemies are surrounding me. Now, we have enemies that surround us, too, and they're they're demonic henchmen that are constantly surrounding us. But thankfully, God is for us and that that we can trust in him. But David is saying this, you know, he he had actually both people and physical examples of people that wanted to harm me. But he says in Psalm 27, I want to start here. Psalm 27. And these are some of my favorite Psalms. And let me say this, if I, if I don't get a chance, the Psalms are so great for meditation. Now they're great for prayer. They are great for meditation. That you get Get one, one phrase, you get one verse, you get a passage, you begin to meditate, you begin to think and rehearse that passage. The Spirit will speak to you. He will guide you into understanding and extracting from those Psalms. So Psalm 27, uh, I don't want to start at verse 3. It says, though a host encamp against me, David says, my heart will not fear. The war arise against me. In spite of this, I shall be confident. Why, David? One thing I've asked from the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to meditate which is the NASB, to meditate, to think on, to ruminate, to remember in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will not only conceal and hide me, but then he goes on to say, and he will lift me up on a rock. What does that mean? That God is going to lift David up and he's going to put him on a mountaintop, physically. That's not really what he is getting at. David is saying that he is getting me to a better place to see rightly 
that, that now I understand better that he is for me. God is for me. Who could be against me? So David is saying, when I meditate, when I gaze upon the Lord and I see his beauty and how much he loves me and his great and awesome nature, that when I ruminate and think on these things, it takes me to a better place where I then have strength. Consider, consider, discern, think of these things. Now let's go over to Psalm 63. And David continues on this refrain. Psalm 63, 1, he says, you know, my soul waits in silence for God alone, for him, for in him is my salvation, for he alone, he, he only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold, and I will not be greatly shaken. And in verse 5, it says, My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is found in Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold, I shall not be shaken. On God, my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength and my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge. And I was just reading 62. Okay, but those are all great verses. I have all these highlights and scribbles and stars. Okay, but that is so good. But he is our rock and our salvation. And so when we think on these things, right, doesn't it bring us strength? So good. David continues on. (laughs) In Psalm 63, that was 62. Psalm 63, it says, Oh God, my God, I shall earnestly... Seek after you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So David is pouring out his heart to the Lord. He is searching. He is seeking. And then it it says then down in in 5 and 6. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. When is my soul satisfied? When, when do I receive the deep things of God? When, when am I getting this? When is my mouth filled? Verse 6. When I remember you on my bed. I meditate on you in the night watches. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Where does worry often happen? Doesn't it happen at night on your bed? The enemy loves to get at us and work at us in that place. Well, this is what David is saying. In that place, let your soul be satisfied with thoughts of who God is. With how great he is and how much he loves you. That you need to be be focused in on that place. And you can receive downloads from heaven right on your bed. In fact, we saw that in Daniel uh, a few weeks ago. Daniel was on his bed when he saw, saw visions of first beasts. But then he saw visions of the throne of God. This was all being downloaded to him as Daniel was on his bed. Whew. Revelation comes from God, and we position ourselves to hear him when we, when we uh, attend ourselves or we give him attention, and we allow him to speak to us. 
So one more place. So, so David is kind of setting the tone. And then we go to Psalm 84. And I love this. And this is the Psalm of the Sons of Korah. Which, can I mention this about the Sons of Korah? So Korah, in Israel's history, was not just a great name. Uh, in fact, Korah led a rebellion yeah. in Numbers 16 against Moses and Aaron. Uh, he was among the, the Levi, the tribe of Levi, and was, yeah. was picked to minister unto God. And he came uh, uh, with a couple others, with Dothan and Abiram, and they came and they said, hey, you're not the only ones holy. We're all holy. We can all do what you do. We can all minister like you minister. Moses was prescribing them how they should minister and what they should do. And, and he said, well, you know, you haven't really brought us into the, the great fields, these abundant fields or these, uh, 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 these vineyards that you had talked about, that we were going to come into this great land. Well, I don't see any. And so he led a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. And it ended up that... <laughs> Moses said, okay, well, let God choose today. Let God choose who is the real minister here. And so they were standing before the tent of meeting, and they brought their own censors. Okay, and so Moses was like, okay, well, we're bringing our censors. Okay, God, who's the ministers here? Who do you want to move forward as ministers? The ground opened up and swallowed Korah and Dathan and Abiram, along with others that were with them. So when we think of Korah and the sons of Korah, isn't it interesting now that these sons of Korah are now the redeemed ones who are ministering unto God? Isn't this so great? Whenever I see the sons of Korah, I think of redemption. I think of you turned it around, God, and that these sons of Korah were actually with David... Uh, when he was bringing the ark back into, yeah. into, this, into Jerusalem. And especially the sons of Korah that they are referring to usually here are Heman, Asaph, and Jeduthun, yeah. uh, or Ethan. And so they are taking up David's refrain, and they are saying, Kind of what David is saying. How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. My soul longed and even yearned for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. And then he goes on to say, How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion, passing through the valley of Baca, which was uh, typically just a dry, desertish place. They make it a spring. Passing through the valley, they make it a spring. The early rain covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength, and every one of them appears before God in Zion. And I love this picture, and this is what the sons of Korah are saying, is that when you think about this, think about coming before the Lord on this highway of holiness, this highway to, the, to meet with God, that you're going to come to Jerusalem and you're going to come into God's presence and you're going to hear his words and you're going to pour out your sacrifice before him and that you're going to dwell with him in this place and you are excited to meet with God and what God is going to do. And that he's saying that 
these are these highways that, that I have put in your heart. These highways of connection with God. That these sons of Korah said, boy, I remember when David was coming in and everybody was so excited about just the, the presence of God coming in and us all gathering together and being with God. Where are these highways? These highways, he says, I put them in your heart. I put them in your heart. Remember what, where meditation is? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart and acceptable unto you. That these highways God has put on the inside of us, like meditation, like worship, like prayer, these highways are how we position ourselves rightly for the downloads of heaven. And so when I'm talking about the, the God's information superhighway, that he is a revealer of truth, he's a revealer of himself, and that he wants to reveal more and more and more of his glory. That the living creatures are surrounding the throne, and they're not, oh yeah, today we got to say holy, holy, holy again. I think the living creatures are covered with eyes because they have to continue to see the glory and the goodness of God. And when they see another facet, they just are overwhelmed with it again and fall on their face and say, glory, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Because there's more and more revelation. That's why they're covered with eyes. Not just because they're strange and that is the only way that John could tell us they could see rightly. Yes. They could understand who God was and they could perceive it and that they reacted to it. Yeah. Boy, Jim, you're really getting into this about meditation. <laughs> but it's such a, I just see it as such a great tool for us and that we use it, we use it without knowing it because, and it's not like we don't use it when we're praying, or, okay, now I'm just worshiping, or now I'm, now I'm just praying. Now, I, that's not how the kingdom of God works, right? Because we flow in all of them, yes. that we are, we are praying unto the Lord, and all of a sudden a thought hits us, and we start to ruminate on that thought, and that it, it, it penetrates our heart, and then we begin to pray that, and then we hear another thought, and oh, God, you are glorious in this place. And then we begin to worship, and then it just begins to flow. But this is part of how we flow and move with the Spirit who leads us into all truth. Okay. Whew. So in our heart, God has placed these highways for us to receive just the, the realities of who God is. There are so many great realities of who God is, and we have to position ourselves to see them by the Spirit. Now, last week I talked about, you know, there's, there's worldly meditation, or there's just, you know, it's not biblical meditation. People talk about meditation. You know, i got to clear my mind, or i got to try to ascend to another place, or ascend to another plane, or, you know, these types of things. That's not biblical meditation. Yeah. Or, or just trying to, trying to channel my inner peace. Um, my, I channel my inner peace. You know how I do that? I think on the Prince of Peace. <laughs> I think on the Prince who gives peace. And I think on him, and he gives me peace. That he downloads these things as I think on him. 
as I call upon his name. That biblical meditation is reflecting and rehearsing in my heart and mind God's words and who he is. That is biblical meditation. It often leads into worship and prayer. Um, and, And I said, you know, the simple boil it down. Meditation is thinking on Jesus. Because Jesus is going to lead me into who God is and what God has said and all these other things. So think it on Jesus. And I gave a picture also last week about chewing the cud. Remember? Uh, chewing the cud. That's how we extract, the cow would extract nutrients from hay. How do you make a 1,500-pound bull eating hay? Doesn't seem right. Well, you know, and I know that people give, you know, other feed but they can get that big on good grass. Can they, get, can they get that way? Okay, I got some cattlemen, all right? If they have good grass, they can actually get that way. But they only get that way because they chew the cud, because they have, they have a way of extracting the true nutrients, and meditation is how we do that. We keep extracting the things of God in the words that he says and who he is. So we, we ruminate, we, we rehearse, we reflect, we ponder on these things uh, that God has said and who he is. And we uh, are downloaded uh, revelation from heaven as we do it. I was thinking also, too, of this other picture, like chewing the cud. Chewing the cud, I think, uh, would be like today is computers processing, right? Anybody, everybody I know, everybody loves that little circle that shows up on your computer, right? You try. And it's always like when you're in a hurry, oh, God, I, I really need to get into this. You're like, oh, man. Processing, right? It's processing. Processing, well, sometimes it's, you know, you don't have good connection, which that'll all preach. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> right? You didn't have good connection. Um, but it's processing and accessing. And that's a good thing for us. Yes. You know, hopefully I don't have to, you know, if somebody's asking me, Jim, how are you feeling today? Oh, processing, processing, <laughs> processing, processing. But, you know, what has God really called you to do? Processing. Processing. That's okay. That is okay. It is okay not for you to have an immediate response if it's not a godly response. It's okay to be quiet. And in fact, meditation involves quiet. And it doesn't have to be quiet necessarily around you, but you have to quiet yourself. Now, I do have to have quiet around me. I, I like quiet around me to, to think on things. Now, my wife is complete polar opposite of me. And in fact, when she wants to meditate and really focus in, the louder the music gets. Yeah. She'll have like, ain't no grave, you know, all these things going, you know. It's funny because we'll be praying and just like before before we minister, we'll, we'll want to just kind of settle in and like, okay, you know, let's, have, let's listen to the Lord. Let's meditate. And, you know, I'll, I'll want to be quiet. And she'll be like blaring the music. I'm like, okay, I'll just go into another room. It's okay. I got earbuds. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
thank you, whoever invented earbuds. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but we have to get to that place of quiet uh, to position for the downloads, for, for the revelation that God wants to bring. And the more we, so the more I position myself in those places, the more I receive revelation, the more I receive understanding. Pastor Kerry and I and, and whoever you're listening to uh, teaching-wise, you know, we're, we're not just Googling and getting stuff. I mean, there's definitely study that we do, but we spend time with the Lord and listen to his own heart and speak with him and that he'll, he'll, he'll give us just think on these things. And, and I do, I'm probably going to do another message on this unless you guys just can't stand talking about meditation. Are you guys okay with this? Jim, meditation is not that exciting. Would you stop? Move on. We, we got it. We got the picture. No, I think there's a lot to extract from meditation. So I want good cows. Sorry, that's horrible. I'm calling you cows. I want, want some good cows who chew it with me. I'm calling myself a cow too. Keep chewing on it. Chewing, chewing. You know, why do you show up every week? Now, we, we show up to, uh, to worship the Lord for sure. But we are also, aren't we drawing? Have you guys read the Bible before? Are you going to keep reading it? Why? Because you're extracting divine realities as you soak yourself in these words, right? And so there are supernatural, otherworldly benefits to traveling on God's superhighway. And I want to look at, uh, <laughs> I guess we're going to just get to one benefit. No, but, um, you know, in, in Psalm 103, it says, forget none of his benefits, yes. right? There are benefits on being on this superhighway of meditation. And I wanted to look at the life of Jacob. And, you know, Jacob is the son of Isaac, who is the son of Abraham. And uh, I want to pick it up in Genesis 28. And this is after Jacob uh, <laughs> steals the birthright, shall we say, uh, and let me get here. And Jacob, Jacob then is, well, gets Esau's blessing and birthright. And Isaac calls Jacob to himself. He says, well, Esau wanted to kill him for one thing. Uh, but Isaac tells Jacob, you need to go back to the land of your grandfather and your uncle Laban. And you need to find a wife. Because you cannot have a wife out of these Canaanites. That you need to have a wife from our family. So you need to go. So he goes. So he takes this trip. He's going back to Padan Aram. <laughs> it sounds like a, sorry, it sounds like a, a bad 70s song or something. Pad-da-da-da-da-da-ram. Pad-da-da-da-da-ram. Sorry. It's horrible. Dad joke. Abby would say, that's a dad joke. Horrible dad joke. Okay. Padanaram. Padanaram. Oh, man. Now I just can't even say it without laughing. Okay. 
Okay. Which was near Haran, which is where uh, the grandfathers had stopped. They were coming to Canaan, and they had stopped uh, in Haran. Uh, but Abraham continued on to Canaan. So they were, he is heading back. So it says, and let's go to verse 10. Then Jacob departed from Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place. Does that work weird on anyone else too? I I think of this stone, uh, and and certainly it plays a part in the whole story. But is it interesting that he gives a stone for a pillow? Anyone? Okay. Anyway, uh, and I study this out. There is not a lot of great, uh, great thought on why he chose this stone. Other than it becomes more significant to remembering what God had done. But he pulled a stone for whatever reason. Maybe it was a soft-looking stone? (laughs) Sandstone? Flintstone, sorry. Dad jokes are just coming out. Okay. Forgive me, Lord. So he lay down in that place, and he had a dream, and behold, a ladder was set on earth with its top reaching to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now, we see that here, he has a dream in the night, and I I know it doesn't say that Jacob was meditating on the Lord, but what I am saying is that so many times that we put ourselves in a similar place in meditation, when we are focusing on the Lord, we are getting ourselves positioned for downloads from heaven and revelation. And so he has a revelation, which revelation means an uncovering or a bringing to light of that which has been previously Uh, holy or partially hidden from view, that you couldn't see something before, but God wants you to understand something, so he brings revelation. He gives you a picture, a vision. That is revelation. Revelation can also be understanding in a new way. But God wants to bring revelation. And so Jacob sees this ladder uh, that stretches from the earth all the way to heaven, and he sees angels ascending and descending. I mean, obviously, that's, that's quite a picture, quite a vision. And he's trying to understand it. Standing above the ladder is God himself. He begins to talk to, to Jacob, and we'll, we'll get to this in just a second. But I want us to understand revelation is not me striving to get revelation necessarily, right? We talked about God giving as a gift. That revelation comes as a gift. That it is a work of God to me. That is revelation. That he wants, to, he wants me to understand something or to get something. So I position myself to receive revelation. And one of these great ways is meditation. That I think on the words that he's spoken. I think on who he is. And that he begins to download to me uh, just truths from his own nature. And sometimes he really needs to get us out of the way. And in fact, that's why dreams are so big for revelation. Because 
you got to get out of the way sometimes to really receive what God wants you to receive. Do you hear me? And in fact, I think that meditation, that when we meditate before we go to sleep, it's like gaining you access into that place. Just, hey, you're, you're really setting yourself up now to receive from God. Not that it requires that. He can give you revelation about any time. But I think it positions us rightly well when we think on the Lord. When I think about just giving revelation and receiving revelation without us getting out of the way, I think about my wife's testimony about receiving uh, tongues. Now, we were both filled with the Spirit around the same time, and, and the Lord worked a few things out in me, and then I just really just began speaking in tongues and just, you know, woo, doing the, doing the whole thing, right? Shit about Honda, all that. Uh, and Valerie, she's filled with spirit as well. But she's like, you know, tongues just doesn't seem to be flowing out of me. I don't know what's happening. Why, why is this not working? And she's getting a little frustrated with it. And one morning, she woke up. She, she didn't wake up. She hasn't even woken up yet. And she, she's kind of in that in-between state, right? Where you're just kind of conscious, not really yet. And she hears herself praying in tongues. She's like, you know, praying in tongues. And as she wakes up, stops. She's like, wow, that's not right, (laughs) you know? Well, you know, she didn't speak in tongues during the day at all that day or anything. And then goes to bed, happens again, same thing. Happened a few times, a few times. And she's like, God. What is going on here? And then the Lord just began to speak to her. You know, it's not about you doing really anything. It's about you just allowing me to work through you. Now, you will still engage your voice. You have to put your voice to it. But there is this working of God's spirit just to work through you that, that she's like, okay, yeah. I need to tune into flow of the Holy Spirit. And it's not about me thinking about what are the right words to say. How do I say the right tongue words? No, that's not how it is. And so then she was worshiping during like one of these later days. As she's worshiping, guess what happens? All of a sudden, she begins speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. She's like, oh, yes, there it is, you know. And she began to realize that there was this download of God. It was what God was working in her and that she was just engaging in what he was doing. That even though, uh, even though that sometimes we can get in the way, God wants to give us downloads and just we need to recognize, okay, give me the download, God. I, I'm ready for it. And we receive it with what? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. The second... The second benefit of meditation is illumination. And and that's in verse 13. It says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you, (laughs) and land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth. And so he's saying, just all of these blessings that your fathers have, these blessings are yours. And this is the picture that I am giving to you, Jacob, that these downloads of heaven, 
these uploads from the earth, these calling, these, these requests of man that ascend to heaven and that these angels bringing uh, answers down, this, this portal, and I hesitate to use that word, it's a little new agey, but this connection between heaven and earth is here. And it's with you. And God was giving him understanding. I am for you, Jacob. I am with you, Jacob. You may feel like you're estranged from the family, that they've, they've cast you away. But know this, that I am for you. That's good. This is God himself giving illumination. What does illumination mean? It means light up. It means expose. It means help us to see that the eyes of your heart, Paul prays, be enlightened, that you may know, that you may experience, that you may understand what I have for you, that this is his, this is his uh, desire for each one of us to be illuminated with the revelation. So he's going to give you the picture. He wants to give you the understanding. So revelation is where I see what God wants me to see. Illumination is where I begin to understand what he has shown me. Illumination, and uh, I, was ref- I-, I was just thinking about uh, something I had been, I-, I was being called, I think, to walk into, and th- I was meditating on Peter walking on water. Remember when Peter... Jesus was coming, walking on the water. There was, the waves were crashing up against the boat and harsh winds. And Jesus was walking on the water and they're all afraid. And then finally they realize, is that you, Jesus? And then Peter says, is that you? Tell me to come. And Jesus says, come. And Peter steps out of the boat and starts to walk towards Jesus. Well, I'm thinking, all, I'm, thinking I'm ruminating. I'm, I'm considering all of these things. As I'm Seeing it, I, I just heard from a whole new perspective. And, and not that I didn't know necessarily some of these things, but I just saw it clearly. And the Lord says, he didn't step out on calm water, did he? No. no. He wasn't stepping out onto a calm, peaceful place. And it was so clear when God said that. And I saw the storm, and I saw the waves. And I even see Jesus kind of bobbing up on the waves, you know? And I realized, you don't always call me into just peaceful circumstances, right? right. And your calling right now is not necessary to struggle and calling me into turmoil, but you're me to come to you. And he would meet me in that place. And it was such a great picture, but it was a download from heaven. God gave me the picture, and I was thinking on what I was going to be doing and walking in, and this picture just came out of nowhere. I don't know why I was thinking about it. I'm being facetious, right? God knew what I needed. He knew the revelation that I needed to step out. And to step into what he's calling me to. Illumination. The third thing is impartation. Impartation is where I receive divine reality. It's where I receive God's stuff. It's how I get it on the inside of me. That it then affects me 
from the inside. And we see this in verse uh, 16. It says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even realize it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. This is the connection that God has downloaded his realities and his desires in this place. And that as Jacob Jacob recognizes all of these things, it's having an effect. What was the first thing it says? It says he was afraid. He was blown away by the awesome wonder of who God was. That he begins to come into a true understanding of the fear of a holy fear of the Lord. This trickster, this deceiver and supplanter began to see God for who he really was and it began to affect him deep on the inside. And when we receive revelation and we begin to get understanding, it affects us, doesn't it? It transforms things on the inside of us. And that's going to be the last benefit that I'm talking about today. But it begins to work on us and it should have its work. So impartation is where I get the things of heaven. Not just around me, but on the inside of me. I get them down here. Oh, God. Just like what God was saying to me about stay in love. Stay in love. He was helping me understand this whole picture. That I want you to stay in this place. And that I grabbed peace and strength when he began to say that to me. So the fourth thing. Transformation. Transformation. And that's in this last part. And he takes his pillow. (laughs) And he makes a memorial out of it. It says, I met God in this place. This is the dwelling place of God. This is where I met with him. And he takes oil and he consecrates it. And he says, this is a unique encounter that God had desired to give me. And I will remember this place. I will mark this place as a place that I'm not the same when I leave here. And in fact, then he goes on to say, God, if you really are for me and everything that you've said, then you will be my God. And I will, he says at the end, And I will surely give you a tenth of everything that you give to me. So the guy that was great at stealing and taking is now the giver. Transformation. There is just a transformation that God loves to do with revelation. Revelation, illumination, impartation, transformation. Right? These are the benefits of meditating. Is that good? I think it's good. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled faces looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Metamorpho. Metamorphosis is where the, the word here in the Greek. That we are being transformed into the same image. Transformed into Christ. From glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Like he was starting this out with, where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. And now this freedom that you have in the Spirit now brings you to see Christ 
and see Him for who He is and transform you into this glorious Jesus that He wants you to be, uh, be reflecting and look like. Uh, Valerie, I, lo- I love this testimony of Valerie's pastor uh, growing up, one of her pastors. And he has this story. He, was, he grew up in, in California, and he, began, he, he became a hippie in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, and was living in a commune and did a whole lot of drugs and was just, you know, living with all kinds of different people, you know, believed in peace and free love, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) And uh, all I can think of is, you know, tie-dye. All I can think of is, you know, tie-dye everything. Uh, But he grew up in one of these places. Well, he said one of the things they did in this commune is that they they would do drugs and that they would read books while they were doing drugs. And like, oh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. You know, and they would try and uh, get to a higher plane, right? And so they would keep reading different books. Well, the Jesus movement really started taking off during this time, right? And, and people that just became, they called them Jesus freaks, you know. And it was really, uh, it was really part of even a charismatic movement. Uh, just, it's just a movement of God that was just uh, working in people's lives to bring people to faith. And they're like, you know, we should find out more about this Jesus so they began to read the Bible. So here they're smoking doobies and reading the Bible. Doobies, I'm sure you guys don't know anything about doobies. <laughs> I never smoked a doobie, okay? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I was alive, but I, I was a kid, so I didn't do anything like that. Anyway, so smoking drugs, reading the Bible. They, they read... They read, start reading through New Testament. They read about Jesus. They're like, ooh, this is amazing. This Jesus died so that we would be saved. What does that really mean? How? And they just kept reading. And it's like, and these things, even as they were in their drug state, they were still getting truth. They decide to go to a church, the nearest church, and figure out, ask, ask the minister there, what is all this about? So they all show up at this guy's church, and it wasn't all that big a church, and they have all these hippies coming into this church. You know, what is, what is this all about Jesus? And how, how does he bring us salvation? And he began to just lay it out to them. And, he, and then if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, you will be saved. Every one of you. It doesn't matter where you've come from, but Jesus wants to save you. They all got saved that day. Boom! Doubled the church attendance in one day. They'd be like, well, you know, what are we supposed to do now? And so he told them, okay, and, and this is what they struggle with. You know, because they had done drugs for, for quite a while, you know, their brains were really affected, and they had trouble thinking. They had trouble reasoning, and they, they, had really hard, they couldn't recall things and remember like they should. And the pastor said, well, I've got something for you. 
There's a great verse in Scripture that you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I know the best way for you to transform your mind is through God's words. So, here, and I don't think he actually ripped out books of the Bible, but he said, you, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Romans, Philippians, Colossians, and he just began, each one of them, he would give a book of the Bible, and he said, okay, I want you to keep reading through that until you have it memorized, and you keep telling each other what you, what you are learning and the verses that you have memorized, and you just keep on doing that. You do that every day. They did that every day, and all of them began to get their minds back. Valerie's pastor begins to download this call of God on his life, and he becomes a pastor. He goes to school, and he becomes a pastor, and he actually pastors this church. That was on the West Coast. He went all the way onto the East Coast to save those East Coast people (laughs) with the good news of Jesus Christ. I love that testimony. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That God wants to give us these downloads and we can position ourselves by just tuning our minds to him and what he desires. And uh, I want to finish out this morning. I love this song. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's from Josh uh, Baldwin. Yeah, Josh Baldwin. And it's called Evidence. And we'll we'll listen to it. Hopefully, you know, we we can sing with it. But Josh Baldwin is talking about, I see the evidence of your goodness. I see the evidence. Um, I love that we have evidence. You know, faith is the substance of things not seen. The evidence. The evidence. Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Wait, I thought that it's, it's evidence. Yes, it's evidence. We have evidence right here. We have evidence in what God has said, what God has done. And that when we rehearse these things, we put ourselves in a place to receive more and more of these things. So if you, if you will play that, uh, that video, and we're going to do this. There's lyrics that go with the video. I, I want to, to just, you can sing it if you want. I want you to catch the words to it. Yeah. And... Just join in when you're grabbing hold of it. So would you stand with me this morning and we will, uh, we will sing, meditate. All throughout my history, your faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms made way for spring. In every season From where I'm standing I see the evidence of your goodness All over my life All over my life I see your promises and fulfillment All over my Help me remember
Oh God, we thank you. All that you have done for us. All of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. And we thank you, Jesus, today. The evidence is clear. Lord, we thank you for the choices that we have. Lord, that we can think on you. We can meditate. We can rehearse on how great is your love and how great a sacrifice you have made on our behalf. And we thank you today, Jesus for being our victorious one, that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, loving not our lives even unto death. Lord, we put ourselves in remembrance of all these things that you have done for us. Lord, we thank you that you have given us a mind, soul, and spirit, that we would Gauge all of these things in thinking and pondering and trusting in you in all things, oh God. Lord, we pray today, we pray today that we would just be positioned rightly to receive fresh revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, you give us revelation, you give us illumination, you give us impartation, and you give us transformation. Lord, we thank you for all of these benefits in your kingdom, O God. Lord, we thank you today for your good works on our behalf. The evidence is clear. God loves me. (laughs) The evidence is clear. Jesus loves me. Lord, thank you for that today. We give you praise for it.